Welcome everyone you are listening to and perhaps watching Not Sauce for Work, part of the Hot Sauce Sports Podcast Network. Um, how's it going, Terry? It goes very well, except for my fucking laptop as usual. So like, it looks like I'm glitching, but I'm actually... You look good on my end. Yeah, but I don't think Eagle sees it that way. No, you look good too. All right, cool. Good stuff. Yeah, you, you seem glitchless, uh, but for all we know, <laughs> it's going to be mega glitchy when we actually come out with it. Uh, if Terry, only we I'm can fun. all be glitchless in a life where glitches are a norm. I smoked your brother in FIFA a couple days ago, and he kept on blaming the glitches. Oh, I, I want to buy it just because it's going to help me get into soccer. I did it a couple years ago with the NA, with the buying NHL. It got me like into like hockey. So like as much as I joke about the Hartford Whalers, like I did get to learn some. Um. So, but you, you know, you learned some Whalers. What? You learned some Whalers. Yeah, I learned about some Whalers because I was playing in HL94. Um, so, uh, Eagle joins us, of course, as uh, he is producing. Uh, hopefully, he can save us from glitchdom. Uh, but uh, until then, of course, remember, you can like us, you can watch us, you can subscribe to us. But definitely do all of those things. You don't have a choice because now I've told you. Yeah, so, if you're yeah. going to feel bad, now you should. Terry, um, I... So I don't even know where to begin with this. Um, the royal family. So first of all, why are people surprised at the racism of the royal family of England when you consider their foundations largely lie in colonialism? Why do we have a royal family? And okay, fine. You know what? They want to be the royal family. That's fine. But why do we care? Why is, why is she on my money? Yeah, like, what did you do other than just be born rich? I know, that's it. Like, you actually haven't accomplished anything. You just, what, what, I, I know, I know the crown tells me some stuff, but whatever, you didn't do much. But even at that, what does the crown actually dictate for us? Nothing, really, right? I haven't crowned the Netflix TV show. Oh, okay, I, I, I only watched, <laughs> like, one episode. So, they go on Oprah. Oprah, this is the, the, the second giant interview since she did, since the, uh, the Michael Jackson accusers. Obviously, this is going to be, you know, big interview. A lot of people, like my wife, super, super interested. Uh, I'm most interested in Meghan Markle because I just, I liked Suits when it first came out. Um, and she edged the rocket. Yeah, 100%. 100%. But the thing is, is like, um, the, the way it's being received in England is crazy that people are going on and on about how she did such a terrible job and how could she represent England this way to America? And it's like, what do you think we think about the royal family here in the first place? Like, I, 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 there was literally zero surprises for me. She left there. And then, you know, the, the story, of course, today is that Pierce Morgan, uh, who's basically made a career for the last couple of years attacking uh, Meghan Markle uh, walks off the set when he's upset uh, when he's being pressed on these issues um, and he keeps he, the thing he kept repeating in the interview is he kept saying no 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 but she's wrong there's no racism and the other guy on the show was trying to explain like so racism isn't just like using a word it's an experience so like if she feels she was experiencing that and then the people of the family she's married into didn't support her so much so that she left the family with her husband. Like, do you think she wanted to leave and forego 
all the riches that come with being one of the most powerful families in the world? I don't, I don't understand. I don't understand. Well, first of all, is that the the logic behind the royal family saying they're worried about what the color of the skin of the baby is going to be? Rachel Markle is half black, right? But so she is like very on the lighter side of that. Like we've seen like people that are half black or half, you know, uh, Arabic or whatever it is, and they're on the darker side. She's on the lighter side. So what will make you think that this baby's not going to come out of ginger like like Harry? If anything, it's helpful that she that he's not a ginger. Well, isn't Harry a ginger? Yeah, no, yeah, but I mean the baby. baby. Oh yeah, because then he would have a soul if he didn't, you know. Exactly. Exactly. If anything, yeah. she's given him a soul. I, I was gonna say, if anything, Meghan Markle is like a classic example of how a ginger can actually have a really hot wife. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. You know, I mean, it's very like it rare. Gives, it gives hope for the rest of them. You know. Let's th- let's think of redheads that had that had hot uh, spouses or like good-looking spouses. The only one I could think of is. Is uh, Homeland Nicholas Brody the wife on the, the show? She was pretty hot. Uh, uh, Ron Weasley. Harry Ron, y- y- are you a fan of Hermione? I'm a fan yeah, of Hermione. I like Especially her. I like, I like as an adult. But you're both nerds, so it's different. Yeah, man, 100. Really? Yeah, she, she's she's cute. You know, I I like her. Yeah, she, I get it. I get I get the shtick. Uh, I don't know. I, I just think this is like a, a it's Rupert Grint, even... by the way, is the actor's name. Just so you know. Whatever. Why are we even talking about like other than Rachel? If if this isn't uh, Meghan Markle, are we even having this discussion? Like, are we talking about is Harry denouncing his family for being racist? Well, I mean, well, the, the closest experiences you're gonna have is like obviously the whole Princess Diana divorce. Yeah. I mean, Yoko Ono is probably the one that I'm seeing it compared to more recently, where it was like, oh, she's the reason the Beatles broke up. Like, oh, Meghan Markle is the reason the royal family broke up. Like, no, it's just it's just an excuse for shitty behavior. I think we're going to talk about this like 10 years from now when we're going to be like Meghan Markle reinvented the wheel and broke the the royal family, like you said, Eagle. And I think we're all going to be like, who gives a fuck? It's a royal – like I have no interest in following Prince William, Prince Harry, yeah. Prince Richard. First of all, if you're like 85 years old, you can't be a prince anymore. Like I think there's like a statute of limitations. What about the one that like sexually be? assaulted a bunch of young kids, Prince Andrew? Andrew, yeah, that guy. I mean – yeah, yeah, that's, that's not a problem, right? If you're over 20, I don't think you can be considered a prince anymore. I think there should be like another word like before king. Well, Dude. or like or like Terry, but like what if because like, I, oh. I think there's like the protocol that he can't be king because he's like married into the family. But like also Ooh, if Richard? you're a prince that long, don't you kind of feel like a failure? Like, well, my whole life I'm just never going to be king. This kind of sucks. My kids can be kings, but I can't. Yeah. Why oh, no, can't I get to live off king? a trust fund sponsored by the British government. Oh, no. <laughs> Why can't Prince Richard be king? Uh, I don't fully understand it. But he, I know he's, he's not directly in the line Queen of succession Elizabeth. because technically once Queen Elizabeth dies, then at that point over there, it's Prince Charles that becomes king. And then Charles, if he doesn't I, want it, then it's uh, – what's his name? Uh, Prince Andrew. No, 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 no. It's the son. It's the older one. I never remember his name. Uh, William. 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 William gets it yeah. next. And then if he doesn't want it, then at that point, it's Harry. So um, Richard or Andrew, whatever it is, they're actually not in the, the direct line of succession right now. So what you're saying, Eagle, is that uh, the way it's worked forever is that people of a, of this specific lineage are able to hold the title of king and queen, right? So and, like, and everyone related people, to them gets a free ride. Nepotism. But all who, who have had this genealogy uh, basically hold on to this right, and it seems as though they work really hard to protect this genealogy. So I guess then it would be a stretch to think that they would be worried that the genealogy would now be represented by someone who looks differently than they do. That is correct. Yeah. All right. I get it. I get it. I understand. Uh, but of course, 
that is only one of the uh, the, the, the weekly outrages. Um, the the uh, the outrage that I love. This is I, I feel like cancel culture just became the greatest uh, marketing ploy of the 21st century. Dr. Seuss pulls their own book off the shelf. People fake rage on Twitter. Fake rage. Book, they re-release it and say, like, you know what? You're right. We shouldn't cancel this book. No one was talking about it. It was a stroke of genius. And, and, <laughs> and in all this, like, I'm not, you know, I don't want to minimize what, what, what Prince Harry and Meghan Markle have gone through. But at the same time, it did end in a Spotify and Netflix deal. There you so, go. I mean, marketing 101 by Dr. Seuss people, whoever the company is, because it's not the company. I was just going to say, Seuss, Disney right? just did something similar where they pulled uh, Dumbo and, oh, there's another one. I forget what it is. Uh, Peter Pan off of the children's profiles of Disney Plus. So if you're an adult, you can do it. But if you're a kid, you can't accidentally go watch the movie because of racial depictions in uh, Dumbo. There's crows that are depicting uh, basically a stereotypical black person, and in uh, Peter Pan, there's the whole Aboriginal racism thing. So they pulled it from there. And now there's also a big outrage. Oh my God, how can they? Blah blah blah. This whole thing. But again, it, it's fake outrage because. All the people freaking out on Twitter aren't watching Peter Pan. And so, like, my thing also, is... Also, all have... the people freaking out on Twitter are probably people that watched and enjoyed Peter Pan. Yeah, they but... They can okay. continue to watch it. Just your kids can actually watch it and be like, ha, ha, ha. See, the thing is, I, I actually... My, my point of view has been... When the it, world is broken. Things that reflect upon the past, I don't think you should scrub it. I think it's a, it's an important teaching point. I was I was uh, against, for example, when schools tried to remove Huckleberry Finn from the reading literature. I think books like that are really important as they depict the time to show you, hey, we can't live that way anymore. That was a terrible time for some people. So it's a great teaching tool. That's how I would approach it personally. And if you know, if and when I do have a single child, because I'm not having more than one, I'm old as fuck already. But if and when I do have one, I will definitely like use these things to teach them about the importance of being tolerant and so on and so forth. I wouldn't have them avoid seeing it you know what i mean like that that's my own personal you you have to you have to expose your kids to everything and you have to uh guide them in the right way to for them to understand what's right and what's wrong and you'd be surprised how smart kids are and how quickly they can realize that things what what is right and what isn't wrong if you take things away from people you make it seem like they you're saying that they won't understand and they're gonna uh, absorb it as fact where humans are naturally smarter than a fucking tv show you and also, I mean? you should actively teach them. Like, you can't just let yeah. TV raise your kids. Yeah, exactly. Um, like, uh, go put on Dumbo, and then he goes to school, and he's fucking, he's making black jokes. You have to educate your kids. Yeah. The, 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 the thing, the one, though, the one, Terry, that I saw, that to me is the fakest, the fakest of outrage, even faker than Mr. Potato Head, is people pretending to be upset that they canceled Pepe Le Pew. Nobody gave a shit about that character ever. Come on. It's a rapey skunk. Like, also, they, they canceled him in a way that didn't make any sense because they made it, it seem like a predator on the new Space Jam. So the whole well, scene on Space There was a teaching moment. Apparently, it was like a cutout scene where yeah. LeBron yeah. was teaching Pepe Le Pew about, like, consent. Yeah. <laughs> and like, as, as awkward as and cringy as that scene would have been, I think it actually serves a better purpose than removing the character. But once again... It's a rapey skunk. Also, but it's the 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 skunk is like well, I don't remember what the the name of the rabbit is. The girl, but the girl that did her voice oh, said I was sexually assaulted, 
And I wanted this scene to be in the show because it shows that you can say no and it's okay. And she was proud of the scene because yeah. of what it represents. The fact that we're taking it out means that anybody just gets fucking mad over anything anymore. I'm, I'm I get it. But people mind. also get mad about losing a character they haven't cared about for 30 years. I'm losing my mind. I don't even know what's what's good and what isn't good. Do I? Am I offended by Alex the intern? Am I not offended by him? I don't know mm. what to do. The Eagle. cat was retroactively named Penelope Pussycat. Okay. Just so you know. In about 10 years, I'll have to call her Penelope Cat. Um, <laughs> with that, let's get to it. It's time for the news. Ah, Terry, it's the news. So we got we actually have quite a dense show today. We have a lot going on. No guest uh, because we have just a lot to discuss. But we uh, are working on some other stuff for for future weeks, which we'll talk about soon, um, as well as some new podcasts. Uh, and all of that will be out and available as soon as possible. Um, right now. In the meantime, we'll get into these stories. I saw this story. Well, first of all, let's talk about. It was the weekend of the NBA All-Star Game, which, if you're me, it's awesome. Not because you love the All-Star Game, because I don't really care. But it means some new shoes are coming out. Made me very excited. Um, uh, shoes you're not going to buy? Or shoes you're going to put on your Excel sheet so that in nine months from now, the, the, the algorithm tells you it's okay to wear them? Oh, the thing is, Terry, you think you can get these shoes. Good luck. I, I tried on two pairs. I tried to get... Um, these, uh, these black AJ ones with a white sole sold out minutes after they were released. Uh, and then I saw, it was, this one was my fault. I saw it late. There was some, uh, Nike dunks that were like a very, very light mint green and black. And I thought they were beautiful. Gone, gone. They had any, everything except like, like they had no sizes except size like 15. And then that was also gone like 10 minutes later. Um, I mean, did you see, um, it just sparked. Did you see the the, the scandal with Nike? Yeah, well, that's, so, like, that I, so this makes me mad, and I'll I'll just give the the background, Terry. Uh, the the VP of uh, North VPN, America, like North America, uh, and Hebert, Hebert, I guess it's Yeah. Um, she had to resign because her son used her inside access and her company credit card to buy two hundred thousand dollars. <laughs> worth of um, worth of uh, worth of shoes that he was gonna sell, and he was making so much money. Terry, he was renting um, a factory, and he was selling the shoes out of this like warehouse, and not a factory, sorry, a warehouse. He was selling shoes out of this warehouse, and he was making as much as two hundred and fifty thousand dollars a month selling shoes. Also, did you know how he got caught? Oh, I, well, I was gonna say because I don't know if you saw the Bloomberg story, but go ahead, and I'll let you tell that part. So he went on an interview, I guess it was with Bloomberg, and they asked him just a, what? He set it up. He set up the interview, and then in the, mean, in the middle of the interview, he's like, yeah, my mom is this person, and that's how I get all no, these no, hookups. No, he didn't, okay, so that's the thing. He didn't actually, in the interview itself, he didn't actually say who, who it was, but the thing is, Bloomberg is a journalistic entity. They, they have journalists, so when they have people on, those journalists do the research as to who this person is. So... Through his purchases, they tracked down the credit card. The credit card also pays his phone bill because even though he's making $250,000 a month, 
His mom, his mom still pays his phone bill. Which is my favorite part of the story. And that's how they were able to confirm that she was a VP at Nike North America. Oh, okay. I thought he ratted himself out. and Because then, then he had called him after. And he's like, can you please not put that in there or something like that? And they're like, oh, fuck yourself. Like, we're going to look into this and find out all the info. Well, maybe he did say it, but the, the, way, they, the way they verified it, right? Because, like, Bloomberg, in order for them to run with something, they can't just assume the information is accurate. They need, to, they need to actually do the research. So when they did that, uh, they, they discovered that, he, that his cell phone bill is still being paid by his mother, which is, again, my favorite part of the entire story. Unbelievable. So is this why I couldn't get those dunks? Is because they... They allow Nike employees to get advanced to get advanced uh, access to to the store. Yeah, Nike yeah. Nike employees do have access like first uh, first dibs on stuff, but I think you're limited to what you can buy, how much the amount you can buy. Well, apparently not because he bought two hundred thousand dollars worth on a company credit card. I guess when you're the North American, I guess when you're the North, Amer- the North American Prime that you can you have an unlimited amount that you can buy, or you bought them like one at a time. I don't know. Yeah, I, I I don't know because if I'm on if, if the shoes released at ten, at ten o'clock they're sold out. Like I'm refreshing and they're sold out. Like yeah, yeah. And, and we don't even have the the sneakers app here in Canada, um, but or at least in Quebec. I don't know about the rest of Canada, but uh, we have I know other I have friends who basically just they're there on a constant basis trying to buy shoes just so they can trade them for the shoes they actually want, uh, because they can. They, 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 they're batting under 100, you know what I mean? So yeah. Yeah. it's hard to get to get shoes through the app. What do you think's harder, getting Nike shoes or getting a PS5? Oh, well, I, I got a PS5 for one, Christmas. So I also got a pair of AJ ones they won on last week. So I don't know. It's been pretty easy for me either way. So I, I don't know why. I don't work at Nike. I don't know Ann Hebert. So. It's 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 harder. It's easier. To, it's easier to get Nike shoes, but it's harder to get them immediately. Like as soon as they're released, you can get them on a resale level, like like this guy did. Oh, yeah. But well, you can but for buy the most part, you can't buy them. You can't buy them It's the same thing. If anything, actually, proportionally, the resale on 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 the Nikes is, is higher than the resale on um uh, on on PS5. PS5 is like double the value. Well, it's because it's a collectible, right? So, like, people, uh, most people collect running shoes and stuff, so they'll pay extra, just like Top Shots, just like Top Porn, coming to a theater near you. Yeah. Oh, man. Theater porn. <laughs> We're going old school. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to save and the it, theater. It's just a bunch of highlights. That's all it is. Yeah. You, you go, well, because, like, think of it. Like, you don't need more than a highlight. You're not trying to get your hand to come. So, like, you go into the theater, you just, you're just there for the previous baby. You pay for a popcorn, get a nice little greasy jerk, get on your way. Top porn in the movie theaters. <laughs> um, I wasn't I wasn't super impressed with the, the shoe releases at the actual NBA game, just because it kind of felt like it surprised the shoe companies. It wasn't a ton of colorways and it wasn't a lot of themes and stuff like they normally do. Um, so kind of kind of disappointing in that way. I did like Julius Randle shoes. Those were kind of cool. Uh, they're they're starting to release uh, new Kobe stuff, which I guess the thinking was um, they felt it like not right to release shoes right after his death. But they're not going to let go of that money tree completely, right? Because they are a company. Well, I think I think they're contractually obligated. So whatever whoever Kobe's team is, his representatives are, he's contractually obligated to fulfill these things. I think. 
Plus because Kobe, not, because Kobe the the business is signed to Nike, not necessarily Kobe the person. Obviously, he's yeah, the, right? the, and, and the money, whatever money he would get goes to his estate anyway. Exactly. That's a good point. That's a good point. Uh, so yeah, those those look really cool. It was a nice return to get to to, to see the Kobe shoes. Uh, but you know, that's the most interesting thing about uh, the NBA All Star game is what happened on a on an app about running shoes. That's the best part. That's the best part. It was um, so bad, man. I just tuned out after the three point shoot, the three point contest. I was like, "Fuck this shit." So I'm not when I was a kid, the, the dunk contest was the best, but now, like, the three point contest is by far the best part. Of right? course, like, it is because that's what new basketball is. That's true, but like, and we there's only so many moves you can do uh, to dunk. There's only so many things. Like, who? How many Vince Carter's are we gonna see? We're not gonna see many. No, but but like, it's also that it's not even Vince Carter. It's Obi Toppin. Who's in the, in the slam dunk contest? We're like, you're getting to see Steph's sweet stroke in both. You would see it in top porn for sure, but definitely <laughs> in the three point contest. <laughs> so like, and that was that was crazy too. Like, you saw the you saw the whole contest. So like, the yeah, second yeah. round where he missed the full first rack and still won easily. It's like, crazy at 29 points. Given that he, he shot one less rack, I consider that easily. I consider I, that Steph Curry is the best three point shooter of all time. No, and it, it's not remarkably close. Yeah. Like, yeah. I know that, like, Lillard hits from ridiculous range and stuff, but just the consistency of Steph's three is – I've never seen anything like it. Lillard hits it from different ranges and also in, like, crazy moments. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I think I saw a highlight this week where he's his, he's hit, like, game-ending shots against every team in the NBA. There's a highlight of Dame Lillard versus every team in the NBA. And but it's also because the Trailblazers are always losing <laughs> – yeah, exactly. So he's always like he's always trailing, right? So he hits yeah. like buzzer beaters and like and and drives the hoop for a big bucket towards the end of the game that wins them the game. And he's done that against every team in the NBA. Nobody else can say that. Well, it's also uh, at the height of the Golden State Warriors, like the the, the season the, the the season where they won, uh, they broke the, the the record for wins. Um, at that point, Steph Curry was the point guard with the least fourth quarter minutes in the NBA. <laughs> so <laughs> that's all, like that's just you know. He also plays a dom- He played on anyway a, a dominant team that sort of affects the the outlook as well. A revolutionized um, team that like we haven't seen replicated, and teams are start now starting to learn how to defend. So, I mean, yeah. I think they changed basketball forever. Those guys. Actually, we're gonna we're gonna talk about that later in the show as well. Uh, there's something happened in the NFL, and I found I found the story to be interesting. I don't know exactly how I feel about it, but I also think that's okay because we're going to investigate that. Uh, there was uh, the settlement that came out of all the concussion stuff. Uh, they're looking into uh, brain degradation over time. And uh, a, a lawsuit was fire, filed by members of the NFLPA, not the actual NFLPA, but players and two of the big names on there were Kevin Henry and uh, Najee uh, Davenport. And the issue that they had is that they're taking a look at brain damage as a function of where, where, you res, where you start from. So they don't know what the players had in terms of brain function before they start playing the NFL. What they do is they take an average. But what they've done is they took an average for Caucasian players and an average for uh, African-American players, from black players. And the thing is, is that it assumes that black players start from a lower level of uh, cognitive functioning so that if they score lower than a white player, they might not still get compensation 
because they also started at a lower point. But they don't know that because they didn't test. And we also know that standardized testing tends to skew towards people from affluent backgrounds and because of the way our world has been structured for most of our history, that tends to favor Caucasian people. Education so, system, right? So it's a super, super complicated system. Overcr- uh, overcrowd- overcrowding in schools and stuff like that are mostly in uh, in black neighborhoods, and you know, yeah. lack of lack of funding, lack of support. I mean, well, technically they have the most funding, but it's where they're putting the money, and it's not putting it's not put into the books or anything like that. So, I mean, we can get into that conversation differently. So, I think that it's it's. When people come up with these things, I, I don't I don't think that the idea was this to to make it seem like the black people are less smart or are started at a disadvantage. I think that they tried to compensate, but when you try too hard, when you overcoach, shit happens like this, and this is ridiculous. This is absolutely ridiculous. I think it's where this is something I came upon a couple of weeks ago, and I, I didn't not not this specific court case, but. Um, there was a similar, similar article or an article that I find is related in a, in a strange way. And I want to know your thoughts. Um, so prior to that, February 23rd, an article comes out by uh, Don Van Nada Jr. Um, and Seth Wickersham, both excellent journalists. Uh, they did a piece on uh, Demoris uh, Smith, who was the head of the NFLPA and a lot of the NFLPA executives. And what they determined was that a lot of the guys who work for the NFLPA are guys who are pro-labor lawyers. And a lot of the the, the, uh, the past CBAs, especially the most recent one, favor the NFLPA a lot. And it specifically targeted um, the greatest block of players are players on, on less expensive contracts. So it gives them a little bit more, but it punishes some of the best earners and some of the, the, the veterans who make up a lesser part of, of the players' union. Um, so the representation here according to Seth Wickersham and, um, and Don Van Nata Jr., the representation is very, very team and ownership friendly. So the, team, the, the NFLPA also signed this agreement when it came to the compensation for players who suffered from uh, CTE and, and, and this kind of stuff. So I don't think it's necessarily racial in the sense of like they're not singling people out specifically. Because if you've ever watched Najee Davenport play, he just ran headfirst into everything for the duration of his career. Yeah. yeah. I think what it is is that the, the, the league, Terry, saw a way that they could save some money by saying, hey, if we establish these standards, it probably saves us X amount of millions of dollars. And the, the players' union, I might be wearing a, a tinfoil hat here, but the players' union signed that deal knowing that it doesn't particularly hurt the owner. Doesn't hurt the owners, and why would they sign it if it doesn't hurt the owners? And it doesn't. Does that mean that it doesn't hurt them either? Well, it plays to the majority of their their player base, which at the time, at the time where a lot of these players are, are claiming that the bulk of them are, are are Caucasian, which as we know that's okay. not the case yeah. in the NFL right now. No, but no, not at all. Players being paid out from these lawsuits are I want I want to say it was about sixty percent Caucasian. I don't remember exactly. Don't quote me, but. If you can limit the amount of players you can pay by using this type of testing, it does it does in fact save you money. And again, this article this article which uh, was written by, by by those two journalists is very 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 extensive, very well researched, and it talks about how the NFLPA really hasn't done justice by its players. So, do you think this is just another example, or it this is just the way sort of these these things are done? I think that it's just. 
the NFLPA is is a they're they're a good business. You know what I mean? Like I, like if they were if they were in charge of the NFL, they would run it almost the exact same way. So when you're when you're or these these union le- le- lawyers is that they know what to do, how to skew the system so their players, so their people get the benefit, right? So I don't know what the details are completely with this. You probably know a lot more than me. But at the end of the day, I, I as long as the players don't lose out on anything. And as long as they end up covering and they're they're being covered and they're being taken care of after their career is done, I couldn't care less. Uh, that's all. At the end of the day, that's all that matters. Yeah. Eagle, any thoughts? Uh, the only thought that I have is you're at 29 minutes. <laughs> Thanks. Eagle got a new haircut. He also got a more sass. I, I'm glad Eagle came in with all the perspective and had given it some thought, and it was really really important to him. Obviously, he's playing poker. Um, but this one, like, we're going to lighten it up a little bit, Terry. Dak Prescott gets paid. I know how you feel about it. Yeah, I think you and I have a similar feeling about this. Although the internet, of course, is laughing at the Cowboys. But I don't see it. I, I, I think this is obviously a win for Dak Prescott. This is a huge contract. But um, they got a good quarterback. They know how much cap room they have now. And they're paying the bulk of it up front. So the cap is going down. They can afford the contract. They're assuming the cap will go up because it normally does. And his 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 cap hit is actually going to decrease. And then if he performs during this time, he's going to be 30 and a free agent, which means he's probably going to sign another big contract. I see it as a win for all parties because I saw Ben DiNucci play football. <laughs> um, I, I'm happy. I don't know why people are hating on it. I think people just like to hate on the Cowboys in general. Uh, but as do I as a Cowboys Fan. But I just think it's a good deal. I think that it was what he wanted. He wanted four years. They were offering him five at one point. He wanted four because he knew that at 30 years old, he would probably get more money. He probably have more value at that, which is smart. Smart on his part. And the Cowboys did it right. I think that the Cowboys finally didn't pussyfoot and they didn't extend these things and and, and these negotiations and give Dak what he wants fucking wants. Man, the guy was on pace for almost 8,000 yards last year mm-hmm. before he broke yeah. his leg. Almost 8,000 yards. I know this is more like of a fantasy thing than a real football thing, but in week seven, Dak Prescott, I want to say, was hurt for three weeks by that point. Yeah. He still yeah. had the most passing yards in the league. It was he had out of the fifty-six world. after four weeks. He had nine touchdowns and four interceptions, mind you. But still, he had eighteen thousand, uh, one thousand eight hundred fifty-six yards going into going into his injury, which happened yeah. like in the third quarter. So I don't know what I think it did in the fourth quarter. So we don't know what could have happened. He probably could have been at two thousand yards after four games, and. For all we know, he would have broken records. You know what I mean? But Dak was playing well, and it was playing like MVP-level football. And for people to hate on the fact that he's getting $40 million a year is crazy to me. The guy's a starter in the NFL, one of the best. He's highly respected by a lot of players in the NFL. Like People came out and said, Dak is legit. He's like one of the best. He's hard to read, no, 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 all that stuff. And it's great. I think it's good for him. I'm happy that he's a cowboy for the next four years because I know that I'm going to look forward to something. And that offense looks great now. I mean, we can, even if we take out Zeke and you keep Tony Pollard and another guy there, you have CeeDee Lamb, you have Imani Cooper, and you have Michael Gallup. I think that Dak is is on pace. He's, next, next season, he'll get like 6,000 yards. You want to hear a fun stat about his contract? Always. Tony Romo, his entire duration with the Cowboys, he made 125 or 128 million dollars. Dak made that's guaranteed in this four-year deal. 
The reason why is because Tony Romo was undrafted, and uh, so you have certain you have certain negotiations when you get drafted to us at a certain at a certain pick. Uh, and another reason is that Tony Romo's like first four years he was either practice roster or a backup, so his his he didn't have too much leverage. Like Dak took over and took over the team. You know what I mean? Yeah. Where Tony well, Romo had like seven yeah, but then again, years. Romo had to work under Garrett for God knows how long. So <laughs> I do. So I do. I do have two theories. Uh, the first one relates to why people are reacting the way they are. Um, and I think it's because it's something I've noticed happen recently. Like, Terry, like, I will say the one thing that I'll give us, you and I, specifically to our credit is, we're wrong. We're wrong a lot. Most and of the time. And we're wrong, we're like, shit, I was wrong. Yeah. That's okay. But okay. what happens is people dig in and, and they, 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 they're like, you know what? Dak Prescott sucks. Tony Romo's going to come back and take the job back. And that never happened, right? So, like, a lot of people put themselves in the Tony Romo camp. And then we're waiting for Dak to prove them right. And that's not happened. The advanced analytics actually say he's better than most people think he actually is. Um, and, like, this was going to be a season where it finally paid off. And, of course, it, it didn't, because, mostly because of the injury. So, I think, I think that's the case when you say, like, you know, people just hate it because it's Cowboys. I think it's even more that people just love themselves more than they can con- can even conceptualize being wrong about something. Oh, that's a good point. That's a good point too. Because I was I was I'm Team Tony Romo. Like um, I'm a Romo apologist. I'll be there for life. Yeah, I love but I thought he was underappreciated. But I'm not gonna sit here and say that he should have been the starter when he came back from his injury because Dak was on fire at that point. So yeah. What are you gonna do? Stephen A. Smith created a bunch of haters. That's what you did. Yeah. Well, and that's. He's smarter than he, than we are because he gets the clicks and we just look at things with nuance. He just yells <laughs> into a camera. I should start yelling. Just yell into a camera. Yeah, so that's that. fine. I'll take it. Um, on the other side of the coin, Kenny Galladay um, didn't. Uh, th- sorry, not only has he not signed, but the team is basically saying they will not extend Kenny Galladay. The Lions are going to lion. They're doing a full rebuild with Dan Campbell as the head coach. <laughs> No Matt Stafford, and uh, they've moved on from Kenny Galladay as well. I can, I, I'm waiting for the I'm waiting for the soundbite of Dan Campbell saying, uh, "Yeah, we're not going to sign Kenny Galladay because I have my eye on a really good third tight end." Yeah, yeah. The the problem with Kenny Galladay is he doesn't bite enough knees. We need guys who are going to be hungry. Yeah, yeah. Come in, bite a knee, fall down, bite another knee. You know, I can, I can imagine the conversation and Galladay walking into Dan Campbell's office and be like on a Zoom call and be like, "Listen, Coach, I heard what you said." Uh, listen, I'm not into like biting knees and stuff. Well, listen, if you can't buy into the system, we're not going to sign you. I said, Coach, I, I don't want to bite anybody's knee. Like, I feel like it's barbaric. I just want to play football and catch touchdowns. <laughs> I, I, I was leading the league in this and I was great last year. And, you know, I could think, I think I can help a lot. Uh, yeah, but like, are you, listen, can you change your stance on biting the knee? So, I, listen, I can't, my mom is going to be upset. I can't bite the knee. Listen, we're not going to have, well, I think, I guess we're going to have to agree to disagree here and we're going to have to part ways. That's maybe, exactly uh, Maybe he has think, teeth problems. Like maybe his canines are a little bit too small. He doesn't really get a good grasp on it yeah. or he has like dental issues. You know, maybe he has, he's planning on getting like Invisalign very soon to get them straightened. Doesn't want to have any, you know, extra work have to be done there. Maybe he's a vegetarian or a vegan. Actually, vegan, technically, you're allowed to eat humans. Well, thank God for that. Yeah, because you're allowed to consume something from your own, from the same uh, creature as a vegan. Okay. Just like breast milk. I think you I think you went too far with Dan Campbell. I don't think he even answers. As soon as Kenny Galladay says he can't do it, he slams the computer down so shut. He slams the laptop down so hard that it not only destroys the laptop, 
but turns his desk into a pile of dust. And yeah, like those, how- like those Smarties commercials. Remember, the, like those Skittles commercials there, where everything would just turn into Skittles. Skittle. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I imagine. But it's like pile dust. Of pile of Skittles. Uh, Myers Leonard's having a rough time. Um, I actually, uh, based on some things I've heard from people who cover the Heat, the Myers Leonard is a guy who the Heat weren't particularly happy with in terms of his contribution. He got bullied in the finals uh, against the Lakers. Um, and then he really hasn't been playing much uh, this season. They kind of were looking to get the contract off the books. And then he does something really stupid. He's playing a video game and just yells out a uh, racial slur directed towards Jewish people. Terry, your thoughts to start. I don't know how many celebrities or athletes are going to have to be caught on camera before they realize to shut the fuck up on camera. Not only was he not caught on camera, he provided the stream to where he said these things. So if you're a streamer, you know who Ninja is, you know who PewDiePie is, you know that they've gotten, I don't know if Ninja got any heat, but PewDiePie got caught some heat for saying something about Juzu too. So let's like, you know, use your brain. You're a smart enough person. You're an experienced athlete. You've made it to a certain extent. Why don't you shut the fuck up for a while? Just shut the fuck up. Yeah. You just lost yourself millions of dollars because you wanted to use a word to a guy who probably isn't even Jewish. So uh, Myers Leonard's defense is that he didn't know what the word meant. Yet- Bullshit. He wouldn't say it if he didn't know what it meant. Yeah, you know what? I, I believe him. I actually believe him because when, when I heard it, I was like, Oh yeah, what does that mean again? You know, like I actually had to go like check it again just to, like, exactly where the slur came from. It's not I can totally see where he heard it in some context or some movie or some clip or some god knows what and just threw it into his repertoire in that moment just cuz because he's a brain dead idiot at that moment, but I don't think he did it on purpose to try and get at a guy. Yeah. Um I, mean. I think it's something he says very regularly with just how easily he was able to say it and seemingly had no problem saying it. Um, I, Eagle, you know this story. We're not going to say names, Eagle. Don't say names. On another podcast, Terry, you know the podcast, uh, we had a colleague who uh, he said about, you know, four, five, six years ago, he said something to the effect of, oh, well, that's gay, right? And so then Eagle and I both on the show, like, we're like, no, you can't really see that. And this was live too, by the way. I couldn't undo this in post. It was live, was it, yeah. Was it? So, a, was it? Was it scoop? No, no, it was, it was not. We'll tell you later. We'll tell you who it is later. I, I don't. I don't want to use his name because it's not a favorable story. I so think I know. It. I had a three-hour call with him later, um, and he was explaining to me why. No, it's not that. I didn't mean the gay is in homosexual. I meant gay is in bad. And I was like, oh. Oh, but dude, you're saying then the term that these people use to, not these people, but people uh, who, who share that, um, use to identify themselves, you're saying that that word means bad. Do you not see the issue? <laughs> right? So like, and it took me, it took me literally three hours to, to get it through to him. And it's something I think he understood only later in context. Um, I think people understand very quickly. I think that they're either embarrassed or they're so stuck in their way they speak that they're like, they understand where you're coming from right away, right away. It's impossible they don't understand where you're coming from. It's impossible, okay? Yeah. And I've had this experience with 
somebody we all know where, you know, you say something wrong online and you think it's okay because it's something that you said in front of a group of people. It's not right. And especially today, we, you can't just run around saying anything you want to say anymore because you will get fucked in the ass virtually, digitally, social medially. And maybe if you say something bad enough, you go to jail and physically. <laughs> oh, so that, that that's what that story made me think of. Um, and then another thing happened. And we'll, we'll uh, are we taking a break or are we going straight to rapid fire today? No, we're going to, well, first we have to wait for Terry to recover. <laughs> um, I'll, I'll filibuster for Terry. Um, legal, man. You're classic. Well, it just, this continues, right? So Julian Edelman kind of reached out to him in a, a Instagram post, kind of inviting him to come have a conversation. Um, come Edelman's have a, Jewish. Yeah, Edelman is Jewish for context, and basically kind of walk him through the culture and explain, you know, why that's hurtful and the whole history behind it, which I think is a nice move from Edelman's part. Edelman's done this before, I think, though, but he's also very involved. It was, uh, it was a, a player who – it was a black player who denied the Holocaust. That's what it was. It was Deshaun uh, Jackson. He did it for us while we're talking about this. It was Deshaun Jackson, yes. He said that he, said he quoted Hitler on his Instagram story. Yeah, that was it. That was it. Um, it was a misquote of Hitler, too. It was like, yeah. it's like the famous Abraham Lincoln uh, gif, or not gif, but like meme where it says, uh, don't believe you everything you read on the internet, Abraham Lincoln. Yeah. <laughs> um, one of my favorites of all time. The best is uh, Keanu Reeves. Keanu Reeves has all like these quotes online and stuff. And then he was on a, he was on a, late, a, a talk show and they asked him about it. And he's like, I have never said any of those things publicly. So I don't know why. Like, all these quotes are like, live your life, nobody judges you if you live your own life, or something like that. And it can reads, like, all these motivational quotes, and he's like, I've never said any of those. People just like yeah. to attach him to, like, quotes, so it legitimizes <laughs> We should do that. We should come up We should come up with a line of t-shirts that quote Keanu Reeves, the things he, he might have said, like, good oh, morning, Keanu Reeves, probably. <laughs> I'll have a coffee, Keanu Reeves, probably. Most, most likely. <laughs> I never said that um, quote, Keanu Reeves. <laughs> I, I, uh, I saw this when I saw the, the Edelman thing. It made me think of how scared a lot of media types are, because what ends up happening is they don't want to cover race as a topic. Instead, they wait for an athlete to respond to Myers Leonard. They so they basically Julian Edelman did the job for them, so they can just react to. Julian Edelman instead of addressing the actual thing. I've always found that to be um, I don't want to say cowardly so pick another word in your mind milk jug I've always found it to be <laughs> milk jug but I mean cowardly of, of media members to have to have um, someone that they can pin the idea on and I remember this a lot during the, the Kaepernick debate because everyone was so scared of what this meant politically they would wait for another player to address Kaepernick so that when they put it out on social media, they wouldn't have to like tag Kaepernick and get all the hate that would come with it. You know what I mean? So like now it's the same thing. Like they don't want to be mentioning Myers Leonard. So they mention Julian Edelman as like a as a shield for what they want to actually talk about. I love it. So that's why we start with Myers Leonard instead, because fuck, <laughs> people because hate fuck it. traditional media, right? Um, so Eagle, are we, are we going to break or are we, uh, st- no, we're going to go straight through. We're going to get to rapid fire. 
All right, boys, we got some fun ones this week. We're going to start off with a tech one very close to my heart. Um, hey, Eagle, do you ever say we have terrible ones this week? Uh, I mean, there's been a couple weeks. It's been kind of dry. I'm not going to lie. Okay, next week, yeah. reg- regardless of what it is, you have to say these are awful. All right, that's fine. Yeah. I don't read them in You're advance, so I don't even know if they're good or not. <laughs> uh, for this first one, though, this was my idea, so we're going to go through it. Something called Code Miko. So this is a uh, a woman who has been streaming on Twitch who has a development backward, uh, background in video game d- design. So uh, specifically in motion capture and live uh, rendering, essentially. So, you know, like when people want to like motion capture suits and then they film the, the scenes and everything. I'm sure you guys have seen like behind the scenes and stuff. Yeah. So she's turned this into a character she calls Miko. Oh. I'm doing this whole mining thing. Look at that. Now my face is moving. Miko's face is moving. And that's that's pretty much. Uh... Oh, let me pull it back a little bit. Oops, oops. Hi! Hi, everybody! <laughs> no, no, my, my password is not 12345. Okay, that's not my password. So I'm gonna show you guys some features um, as I am uh, doing this whole mining thing. Look at that! Cool, eh? Look at that. And it only costed her $20,000. Oh, I was waiting for her to, like, do something what? sexual. Oh, there. I, I can find that stuff. I mean, you wanna see that? There's a lot of it. Of her? Send it to him separately. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. Send it in the group chat. I'm curious. No problem. So I, Eagle, I, I what I'm worried it's it's not NSFW. I mean, it is, but it's not for us. Eagle, nah, okay. what, what are you gonna do with your avatar when you get one? Um, I don't know. I think I want to become a sorcerer. That'd be fun. Like casting like light bolts out of my sorcerer. like gloves and shit. That'd be fun. That's not bad. I, I know what I would do. Um. I came to the realization, so last year I had weighed the least since I was like 19, right? So like I was pretty happy. I was like, man, I, I lost a ton of weight, feel good. But I also made the realization, Terry, that I did all this work and I don't have abs. I'm never going to have a six pack. Like as days go on, I'm only going to get older and I'm never going to get there. And I, that means I will have never had them in my life. So my entire avatar is just from here to here is going to be like an eight pack just my my face my chest eight pack closest i ever got to abs i was like in the best shape of my life and then i just went on a binge eating thing because i was so proud of how well i did that i get another i gained another 10 pounds yeah the next morning it was gone yeah gone what would you do though oh yeah oh good question i think i'd be like a bear but like a like a hairless bear in like uh, some sort of medieval costume. All right. Why cool. the medieval uh-huh. costume exactly? You're already a bear. Exactly. It's very weird. And a hairless bear to top it. So you don't even know what you're looking at anymore. I feel like you're <laughs> living out some like gay fantasy or something where you're like I a mean, bear. Well, then then you would need the hair to be more of a hit at the club. So. Mm, that is true. I only have like nipples and then in the middle there's really nothing much going on there. Well, all right. Next I'm more of a fire. jock. Uh, the Mad Tea Party. Uh, Les Miles has resigned as the coach of the Kansas Jayhawks after details of several sexual misconducts were investigated and published in a report by law firm Hush and Blackwell. Yay. Okay, so who's next? Who's on the list? Who's the next person on the list to get uh, uh, destroyed? Um, who's next? So- because I, I, at this point, I think Nick Saban has to be close there. 
Nick Saban has to be on the list. Les Smiles just got caught. Like, I don't know what the fuck is going on here. Is Ed Orger- if Ed Orgeron is caught on a, some sort of scandal, I'm not watching college football anymore. I swear. Yeah, I'm, I'm, if, it's, if it's Ed Orgeron, I might actually cry. Yeah, because he seems cry. like a good guy. Les Smiles, I look at him, I'm like, ah, there's a little bit of privilege there. I can see it in his face. Nick Saban, I'm like, he seems like he's too suave to not have tried to get away with something. You know what I mean? So I'm just waiting. At this point, I don't. I, I just assume everybody has something. I won't say it. Everybody has like a sexual allegation, uh, sexual assault allegation against them. I'm not. I'm just gonna wait for it to come out. That's it. I because I know what happened. I'm just gonna wait. The um, the thing with Nick Saban, I've always said that he looks like Humphrey Borg, Humphrey Bogart's dad, which is funny because Humphrey Bogart's an actor from like the 30s, but he looks like he would be Humphrey Bogart's father. Um, Humphrey Bogart's dad did coach college football too. Sorry, Humphrey Bogart's dad did coach college football. I have Maybe. no idea, but it, but it would be very funny if he did. You're to hear first, whether it's true or not. <laughs> and Nick Saban's um, really like 140 years old. <laughs> yeah, he was nice. the first Army-Navy game. Um, when, I, when I saw this story, this is the thing I hate about college athletics. This is where I actually have started to, in the last three or four years, start to feel bad about what I'm watching. And what it is, is that these campuses are set up to give a lot of power to the person who they're paying a lot of money and they don't give the power to the athletes, or in this case, the female students who are volunteering around the program, one of which he tried to kiss and invited back to the hotel room. This is a student at the school in which he works. I've been an employee at a school for my entire life. I can tell you, dude, it's not okay. Like, it's like rule one. It's it's like the only way you could be fired as a teacher. Like, come on, man. Like, how like what kind like how do you set up a system where they feel so powerful that they do the the thing that they know is there's basically this there's, there's bullying there's 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 uh stealing there's murdering and there's coming on to students those are the which, four things which begs the question what else have has he gotten away with where he thought that he'd get away with this oh because look statistically we know we know that accusers don't come forward that easily yeah, uh, yeah. you know we know the case, like especially when it comes to like bullying in college athletics, like especially in football, Terry. Like, um, you remember times where coaches in the past would be like, you know, you got to be tough and really, really push guys and, and bully them, you know, in a way that's beyond what's acceptable. But the players don't want to feel like, oh, but I'm, I'm, I don't want to be a bitch. I don't want to be a pussy. I don't want to be this. I don't want to be that. Um, and so they, they just eat it instead. And that's when you see these stories. You're like, yeah, no, he can't get away with it because someone saying this just. So many more untold stories. This is the kind of guy he is. Next. All right, next. Uh, Blue Chirps. Uh, Shaq had a little trouble defending the, quote, honor of the big man uh, when he got challenged by Candace Parker in this particular clip. I think you switch at the point of pick and roll, but I do think that Jokic, like, the NBA switches now, right? Mm-hmm. So. Why? Whatever happened because to- everybody can shoot threes. Whatever happened to man up? <laughs> because you're gonna be manning up, trying to recover back to your man, and they're gonna hit a three just like Jokic did. Well, but when... whatever happened to pre-rotating and making... do that then no. they move the ball around and you got you got four to five three-point shooters on the court. You ain't gonna rotate enough time. <laughs> Not rotating. <laughs> my, my... Not rotating. Yeah, but you gotta take the easy pass away. Like if you ain't gonna switch, you gotta take the easy. So pass. that's what but I'm saying. But now you have guys that can throw the ball from one side of the court and find the guy in rhythm. Huh? But that one, that easy one five. She's beautiful. 
the big is so far back like Shaq used to be all the <laughs> all the time. And we won a championship. But, right? but here you go. Just throwing a shot at you, big fella. I love you. No, but then we won a championship. We did. Thank you. Because you started getting up on the screen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But you, I think well, you switched at the point. I, I love the moment where it's like, well, no, you, you can't do that anymore. It's it's there's, it's there's way more complex as a game than just score. You know? Shaq is like, <laughs> Shaq is is. like he's, he's like that old football coach that just likes to run. He's like Tony D'Amato from any given Sunday. So The run, the run game was going to work, I'll tell you. I, I have a... I have a theory about Shaq. I think that th- he acts a certain way on camera, yeah. but he's much smarter than he gives off. He's known, He was known at his time to be you know, a guy who was a really smart basketball player. His nickname was the Big Aristotle for a reason. Um, at the same time, he's also someone who's very insecure. And Candace Parker is one of the few people who can actually stand up to Shaq because she basically was Shaq of the WNBA. She was an unguardable force in the WNBA. Uh, I love the part where she looks at Dwayne Wade like, can you talk to him? Because, like, <laughs> you help your boy out? Because he's like, and, she, yeah. and what's impressive is that she, like, just, like, she had an answer for everything. And she's, like you said, she's the Shaq of the NBA. But she was also able to shoot where Shaq wasn't. Well, Shaq yeah. early on in his career for Orlando was shooting threes. Not well. <laughs> no, but he was <laughs> shooting them. Like, he was... He was like they he used would him a couple, yes. Yeah, they used so, him differently, you know. And then when he went to L.A., he just was four hundred pounds. They're so like, just stand under the basket and dominate everybody. And that's what he did. Everything, everything he says at this point um, is basically uh, goes through the filter of how does this impact me? How does this make me look good? How does how can it bring this back to me being the greatest big man of all time? And that's just kind of how I felt. But the thing is. I love that Kenneth Parker and Dwayne Wade are there because they give excellent basketball analysis. At this point, what you're getting out of Shaq and Charles Barkley is sheerly entertainment, and I think that's okay. I agree. Next, clip art. Um, over the pandemic, we've seen a lot of either social media, Twitter posts, Instagram, or things happening in arenas and stadiums to fill the void of there not being people. We have a latest example during the Dallas Stars play-by-play broadcast where the person running the Jumbotron had a little fun at the broadcaster's expense. So the Dallas Stars, they were looking for a better start. They were looking for an opening goal. They got both of those tonight, and it wasn't just the offense we saw, but all in all, a strong start for the Dallas Stars in this one. What are you turning your back to everything for? Just having some fun? The Stars with a fantastic start. What's going on here? <laughs> wow. <laughs> Look at that. <laughs> I, didn't, I just saw that in the monitor right there. Right, can we get back to our show? Can't, I can't social distance. It's, Is that thing fake? It's, no, it's totally real. It's absolutely real. Tied it myself. <laughs> Only took me 11 times. So the Dallas Stars, the they were said, looking. Brian Ray wears clip-on ties. <laughs> Did you guys see the one in Milwaukee Bucks where they were doing like the the hand sanitizer thing and it looked like it was just jizz spraying all over people's faces? It was like the camera, the hand sanitizer camera, and it's like a bottle of hand sanitizer and it's like spraying the liquid and it goes on people and people are like washing their hands and stuff with it. It's it's hilarious. It's hilarious. I still love. I still love the first NFL game I saw this season with nobody in the crowd and it was a a, you know the jumble the jumbotron said get loud. It made me so happy. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so there was nobody there to get loud. It was genius. I um, think my favorite one is still thank you to the fans in the audience, yeah. and they literally just had a whole bunch of fans, like actual blow fans in the stands. Yeah, that was yeah, that was good. Also, the uh, today's attendance zero, zero. <laughs> zero. Yeah, <laughs> that was good too. Have you ever worn? Have you either of you guys ever worn a clip-on tie? Yes. 
As a kid, really? yes. Why? Ever since, no. As a kid in elementary school, like when you have to be formal, we had a uniform. I had a clip-on tie. Huh. I've never worn one. Yeah, but ever since then, I tie uh, either single or double Windsors. So. Uh, I, I'm, a big fan, I'm a big fan of the forehand. hand. It's a, it's a little bit not exactly uh, symmetrical. Big fan of the forehand. hand. I don't even know what that is. You heard it here first. Forehand. hand. Baby. I do one tie. I think it's a single Windsor, and that's it. You most likely and... do a forehand. hand. People often confuse them. Uh, last rapid fire here. Hell's Kitchen. Uh, religious institutions are not always known to be particularly progressive. So with that in mind, here's a clip of Pastor Stuart Allen Clark's sermon that has since gone viral. Why is it so many times that women, after they get married, let themselves go? Why is it? Why do they do that? Here's how way Speaking too from many the, women... the guy whose belly is... I got him dick. now. The chase is over. Hey, that's where you're wrong. The chase ain't never over. The chase ain't never over. And by God, if he don't love me the way I look now, he ought to look at his own spare tire in the mirror. Now look, I'm not saying every woman can be the epic, the epic trophy wife of all time, like Melania Trump. I'm not saying that at all. Now, most women can't be trophy-wise, but you, you know, like her, maybe you're maybe a participation trophy. I don't know, but all I can say is not everybody looks like that. Amen. Not everybody looks like that. But, but you don't need to look like a butch either. Hey, here's something you need to know. The little you need to know this. Men head. have a need for their women to look like women. A sweatpants don't cut it all the time, huh? Wearing flip-flops and, and uh, pajamas to Walmart, that, that ain't going to work. Ain't nothing attractive about that. It ain't. And, and when men want their wives to look good at home and in public. Can I get an amen? You Two guys. Two guys are like, amen. Because you know why? Because the rest of the guys are next to their wives. <laughs> Yeah, they better say it, amen because they're, they're, they're praying. They're praying so they don't have to go home after the sermon if they what agree. What a loser that guy is. <laughs> Holy fuck. So, first of all, it's, it's International Women's Day is this week. It just passed. It was yesterday. Um, secondly, I, I saw this, and, and Burger King had that ill-fated ad where they said women belong in the kitchen, but they were dressing like how it's a male-dominated industry. But instead, they came up as like – just complete jerks, and it doesn't even matter because this guy is going to take all the heat. This is terrible. I saw this, and I couldn't stop laughing. Um, I couldn't even believe it was real. Like th There's so many beats. I, I, I can't, I'm debating with myself, what's the funniest part? Is it that you know calling Melania Trump a, a trophy wife, pretending trophy wife is like a positive term? I, I don't know. I don't know. Referring to women as butch, that was also a or, good one. Or saying that every woman other than Melania Trump is like second hand. Makes sense. Makes sense. I mean, first of all, I'm not a huge fan of Melania Trump. Yeah. I think I'm more of a Michelle Obama kind of guy. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. I'll you know what I mean? That. Beautiful. Guns like that. Um, I'm more of a Barack Obama kind of guy. Yeah. He's very handsome. Yeah. We're creating a clip on tie. You know what? I bet you he has. I'd clip it off. Tell you that. Go along with his beige suit. Um, last one here, kind of breaking news that just got announced uh, from uh, The Watch. Uh, 
the, apparently the Spurs are working on trade scenarios with LaMarcus Aldridge and have been engaged on several fronts. So that's kind of happening now and probably something coming up. Any quick reactions before we wrap? I have a LaMarcus Aldridge uh, uh, card. Maybe it'll get some. Uh, maybe it'll get some um, some value now. It'll be like vintage since he doesn't play for them anymore. Um, because it broke during the show, I um, couldn't check to see. Yeah, sorry, he's a free agent at the end of the season. There we go. Yeah. So yeah. his contract is very valuable because you can trade away his bad contract for this year uh, to someone who's trying to alleviate cap room for the summer. So you take some other pieces. Uh, trade him away uh, and get a little bit younger. It's something that's, that's done often in the NBA. He's an aging player and he's a power forward who largely shoots uh, long range jumpers, mid range jumpers. That's no longer really a part of the game that's uh, that's uh, treasured. So hopefully he goes somewhere where they build a whole system around him and Terry gets a lot of value for that card and or top shot. Top one. Top one, baby. All right, and that's it for rapid fire this week. Good stuff, boys. Awesome. That was fun. I was going to end the show just rambling about Lamarcus Aldridge, but then Eagle used his content, so now I have no content. <laughs> Don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe to our product everywhere. Don't forget to check out our articles or other podcasts. Uh, Pete, anything else I'm forgetting? No, I, you're not going to play along? All right. All right. I get it. We do, have, we do have two new podcasts coming. Uh, the first one uh, is... With the name Terry, Stib and Zhang. It's uh, it's. I'll let you do that because I don't know how to pronounce Stib's name. Stib and Zhang. It's it's a nickname, so it means it's bitch backwards, but it's actually misspelled. So, um, it's like bicht. Yeah. And uh, so, uh, yeah. So they actually their first episode is tonight. I'm uploading it right now, actually, and uh, it's great, man. They cover all sports. They're uh, young guys are like 19, 20 years old. They have a bunch of views on their. They're already on their YouTube page. Uh, so they're going to migrate over and, you know, we're going to work with them. And so far, the graphics are looking sick and uh, they're good and they know what they're talking about. And they're young and energetic, which is uh, the best part. We have a uh, basketball pod- basketball centric podcast. It's not only basketball, but it's going to be a lot of basketball. Um, it's going to hopefully we'll get off the ground from March Madness. But these things do take some time and uh, we'll announce that hopefully next week. OK, a lot of stuff going on. All right. Give us You've money. Put money hot sauce in sports. the pocket. Walk by you in the street. Give me a pencil. pocket. Give me a toonie. <laughs> Fuck that. The queen's on that. That's <laughs> true, eh? What would I put on the toonie? I put, just put Walter Gretzky on the toonie. He passed away this week. All right. Yeah, stack of waffles. I love waffles. Yeah, just I cover it in waffles. maple syrup. Mm. I said Walter Gretzky. I don't know why you guys came up with waffles. Because... I didn't hear what you said. Oh, you said Walter Gretzky? I heard a waffle. I say, I say we should put him on the toonie instead. He's done more for this country than Queen Elizabeth has. <laughs>